if the woman on the phone had misremembered. Perhaps there was some other story called The Hero. I developed a paranoid fear that Galaxy might go out of business before publishing my story, a fear that was inflamed when summer ended and I headed back to Chicago, still without a check. It turned out that Galaxy had mailed the check and contract to the North Shore Hotel, the dorm I had vacated on graduating Northwestern that June. By the time it was finally forwarded to my summer address, I was back at school, but in a different dorm. There was a check, though, and I did get my hands on it at last. It proved to be for $94, not an inconsiderable sum of money in 1970. The hero appeared in the February 1971 issue of Galaxy in the winter of my graduate year at Medill. Since I did not own a car, I made one of my friends drive me around to half the newsstands on the North Shore so I could buy up all the copies I could find. Meanwhile, my college years were winding down. I breezed through the first two quarters of my graduate year in Evanston and packed my bags for Washington and my internship on Capitol Hill. In a few months, my real life would begin. I had been doing interviews and sending out job applications and was looking forward to sorting through all the offers and deciding which of them I'd take. After all, I had graduated magna cum laude from the finest journalism school in the country and would soon have a master's degree and a prestigious internship under my belt as well. I had lost a lot of weight my graduate year and bought new clothes to suit, so I arrived in D.C. the very picture of a hippie journalist with my shoulder-length hair, bell-bottoms, aviator glasses, and double-breasted, pinstriped, mustard-yellow sports jacket. My internship was demanding, but exciting. The nation was in turmoil in the spring of 1971, and I was at the center of it, walking the corridors of power, reporting on congressmen and senators, sitting in the Senate press gallery with real reporters. The Medill News Service had client newspapers all over the country, so a number of my stories actually saw print. The program was run by Neil McNeil, a hard-nosed political reporter of the Green Eyeshade School, who would sit in his cubicle reading your copy and roar your name whenever he came on something he didn't like. My own name was roared frequently. Too cute, McNeil would scroll atop my stories, and I'd have to rewrite them and take out everything but the facts before he'd pass them on. I hated it. I learned a lot. It was also in Washington that I attended my first actual science fiction convention, almost seven years after that first Comic-Con. When I walked into the Sheraton Park Hotel in my burgundy bell-bottoms and double-breasted pinstripe mustard-yellow sports jacket, the fellow behind the registration table was this bone-thin hippie writer with scraggly beard and long orange hair. He recognized my name, no one forgets the RR, and told me that he was Galaxy's slush reader, the very fellow who'd fished the hero out of the slush pile and pushed it on Eiler Jacobson. So I suppose Gardner Dozois made me a pro and a fan both. Though I have since wondered whether he was actually working on registration, or whether he just saw the table unattended and realized that if he sat there, people would hand him money. Reading Slush for Galaxy didn't pay very much, after all. By that time, I had a second sale under my belt. Just a few weeks before, Ted White the new editor at Amazing and Fantastic, had informed me that he was buying The Exit to San Breda, a futuristic fantasy that I'd written during the spring break of my senior year of college. Yes, sad to say, when all my friends were down in Florida drinking beer with bikini-clad co-eds on the beaches of Fort Lauderdale, I was back in Bayonne, writing. 
The story of my second sale was eerily similar to that of my first. Relying on the listings and writer's market, I'd sent the story off to Harry Harrison at the address given for Fantastic, never to see it again. Only later did I learn that both the editor and address had changed, requiring me to retype the manuscript all over again, and, well, I was starting to wonder if having your story lost in the mail was somehow a necessary prerequisite to selling it. Galaxy had paid me $94 on acceptance for the hero, but Fantastic paid on publication, so I would not actually see the money for the exit to San Breder until October, and when the check did come, it was only for $50. A sale is a sale, however, and your second time is almost as exciting as your first. In writing, as in sex, one sale might be a fluke, but two sales to two different editors suggested that maybe I had some talent after all. The exit to San Breda was set in the southwest.